is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hello and good news. This is the podcast where I bring on a guest and I tell them all about the people, places, and current events that are affecting the world in a positive way. This week's episode guest is Scott Theed. Scott is an improviser and a sketch writer. You can see him at the clubhouse every first and third Thursday of the month with the show Goosh at 7 p.m. He also has a show coming up at UCB Sunset on Earth Day, the Earth Gina Monologues, which uh, so great. It's in the style of the Vagina Monologues, except it's all about the terrestrial experience and how man has suppressed the land and sea for far too long. Uh, it features a killer cast who give monologues as the Earth. It's at 9 p.m. April 22nd at the UCB Sunset main stage. Very excited. Also very excited about this episode. As always, if you like the podcast, please rate and review it in iTunes if that is your podcast listening tool of choice iTunes is like Hollywood. They only care about stars. So even if you're subscribed but haven't done a review, they just don't care. I care, though. Thank you for being a subscriber. It makes my many days that people listen to this podcast and it keeps me motivated to do it. So thank you to all of you out there. Also, as always, if you shop on Amazon and you feel like using my link, go to boardwalkaudio.com slash hello and good news and click on support our artists. That will take you to Amazon and then you can shop around like you normally would. Okay, I think it's time we had some freaking real good news. Good news, good news, good news, good news, good news. time we had some freaking real good news. Yeah. Hello and good news, everybody. Here we are on my couch. I'm with Scott. We're here. Hello. Mm. Hello. This is so great. <laughs> uh, I've got some good stuff this week. I, I never know how to like segue from the like, well, okay. How was your week? <laughs> My week, well, it just started. Today is a Monday. Oh, it's a Monday. Um, but uh, so far, I can't complain. Work was pretty easy today, and I got some some personal things done on the company dime, which was always a good feeling. Oh, yeah, like some errands, some little trips? Well, I, I edited two sketches, and I like sent a whole bunch of like just emails that had nothing to do with work today. Yes. And I did a crossword puzzle, <laughs> Washington Post. It was easy today. I love that. Yeah. It makes you feel real smart. You're like, I know what that word freaking is. And this one. Yeah, and, oh, and this one. Ooh, wouldn't have known this one, but I knew the other two and that gave me a clue. So now I know this one. Now I'm, and I'm learning. That's great. Those are the best days. I always wish I had an office uh, type or desk job sometimes so I could because I know I would just waste their time yeah I'm like I would just do so many things on my computer I go back and forth between hating having a desk job and thinking that it's such a good thing yeah because the pluses are I get a consistent paycheck I oftentimes have downtime where I can like write or edit or do whatever I need to do 
Um, but then sometimes I just feel gosh darn trapped. <laughs> yeah. So just stuck, just a, a cog in the system. Yeah. Is that what the word cog? Yeah, cog. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, okay. Well, that was. Now we can go ahead and segue. That felt. That felt better. Yeah. <laughs> it, it felt great. I don't know what you're so worried about. Segways um, are for mall cops. I, <laughs> I get really. Uh, I get really hung up on my segways sometimes. Mm. I want to have them so bad, and I just never take the time to think about it. And I'm really bad with uh, with puns. Like, mm. that one was so great that you just did. Oh. I would kill to think of that on my feet. <laughs> I, I am known for my puns and often criticized for them. Um, but I wouldn't live my life any other way. Yeah, I wouldn't have you in my life any other way. Oh, so great. <laughs> um, okay, this first story is so crazy. There's like a lot of places my brain went trying to figure out what this environment would have been like. So a woman gave birth to a baby mid-flight on Turkish Airlines. Mid-flight? In the air. Like the plane took off and she started to go into labor, basically. 42,000 feet. Where were they flying from and to? Like how long was this flight? It was, okay, she was flying... I can't remember if it said uh, where, but she was definitely born like technically like one of the things that came up is where is this baby's nationality going to be? What's her home? What's her birth certificate going to say? Isn't it, isn't, isn't the rule like wherever you're coming from? Ah, oh, because people, oh, that's right, because people try really hard to get to America to have the baby, like, when they get here and not on the way. Right, I guess. That used to be a thing. Like, don't have the baby on the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold it in. Cross (laughs) your legs. Be a lady. (laughs) Um, I, and, okay, here's the other crazy thing. So she was flying at 28 weeks, which... Most women, most airlines won't let you fly at 36. So she went into early labor. Oh, so this, yeah, okay. Um, and Turkish Airlines is even like a little more careful. I guess they do a thing where like you can fly between 28 and 35, but you have to have a note from your doctor saying it's fine. Mm. So she did that. She was checked out. But then, yeah, they went into the air and it was like must have induced labor somehow it's like okay my ears are popping oh no my (laughs) pussy's popping and a baby's coming out but very important question not that important but i'm curious boy or a girl a little girl oh yeah um they right and there were no there was no doctor on board the flight attendants are the ones who like took care of the whole dang thing nice. they laid her out on three seats they took an aisle and she laid on the seats and they like covered her up and she had the baby and um and that was that and that was and, that. <laughs> and then they they got her to a hospital very fast after they landed and both the baby and the mom are like healthy and fine that's great that's yeah so great that they're doing well i hope that this wasn't like right in the beginning of the flight because I imagine 
she must want to take a shower so bad. Yeah. And if you just had to sit on like the rest of a very long flight after giving birth, because flying is uncomfortable to begin with. Oh, it's the worst. It's like a bus in the sky. It's terrible. Yeah. It's literally a bus in the sky. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, and uh, so imagine being in a bus in the sky, giving birth with no drugs or, or medical attention. Ugh. And I then, hope it was towards the end of the flight. Well, from what it says, it sounds like it started pretty quickly after they took off. Jeez. Yeah, it says shortly after the plane took off, she was suffering in pain. Oh, okay. So what? that's when she went into labor. Um, so maybe it probably was a, a couple hours in, mm. I would imagine. Um, the the interview they have with the uh, one of the flight attendants... Um, the lady was in great pain, and then the baby was on the seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I imagine in those kind of situations, like, it's, it, I'm sure it was a position this woman had never been in before, and it just happened so fast, and you try to remember it, and you're like, I don't know. She was in pain, and the next thing I knew, there was a baby on the seat, and I was like, can you please fasten your seatbelt? <laughs> Back to it. Uh, I was thinking about, how crazy it would be to be another passenger on the plane. Oh, I would be so pissed. I would just be like freaked out. And you know, it's, it made me think of like when you're on a plane and there's a crying baby, you know, mm. I'm never mad about it. Cause I'm like, this is a baby. It's right. very uncomfortable. No reason to be mad, but it's still just like a thing that's happening the whole time. Yeah. And your brain's like, okay. Uh, Having somebody have a baby on the plane, so much more intense. Yeah, and I don't I don't have like noise canceling headphones or anything. Yeah. So I would be uh and knowing my luck, I'd probably be in the seat like right behind or like <laughs> one of the seats that they had to clear for her to right. lay down on and I'm just like chilling in the back drinking a Schweppes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I also, the way I imagine it, because when you're in labor, that is pain. It's the most painful thing like a woman will ever go through. Right. I, she doesn't have drugs, like you said. Yeah. So the way I imagine it is like chaos happening and everyone in the plane like trying to just stare forward. Right. Like, like the awkward like, because nobody, you don't want to just stare. There's a lady having a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just like trying to watch your freaking movie yeah oh man wow the interview is such a great film if i could hear it and then you're probably freaked i would be so scared too that like what if something goes wrong yeah that would be i mean i don't know i feel like i would be most likely to just assume everything was going to be fine Mm -hmm. i try to do that as much as possible especially well and i it's so much easier for me to do that when the things don't involve me (laughs) uh when they do involve me i assume catastrophe is imminent (laughs) um but i would be more worried about like is it gonna like smell like because i mean i don't i don't know what I i have no idea um I'm, I basically would be in a really selfish position of like, how is this affecting me? Please have it stop affecting me. But I would definitely be one of the people to like clap after they're like, the baby's born. Yeah. And everybody like you applause. Have to. Yeah. Can you imagine if one person was like, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, the miracle of life now? <laughs> uh, um, 
Yeah, so crazy. I'm so glad everything went well. My birth was a catastrophe, and both me and my mom almost died. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, when I hear about people doing home births and stuff, I think the whole idea is great, but part of me is like, get your butt to a hospital. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my mom was very healthy. I was really healthy. All our checkups and everything was were normal. And then I just, I I ruined it all coming out. (laughs) Yeah, you really should blame yourself. You should really blame yourself for that. (laughs) Well, okay. I don't, the only thing I know about my birth thing was that um, labor was a little while. Mm -hmm. um, And it was painful for my mom. Mm -hmm. uh, Because apparently... Well, so when when I came out and the doctor like had finished like measuring me and making sure I was like alive or whatever, right. um, he told my mom my weight and he basically he said I had a nine pound head and an eight ounce body, <laughs> and and so my mom like I think still holds sort of a grudge against me for having such, such a large a giant head. head. Yeah, because it's like yeah that wrecks you. I mean, my skull was smushed a little, but it I don't think it could smush enough. <laughs> So <laughs> big old head, big old head <laughs> and so it's <laughs> empty. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, that's good news. That's a good little lighthearted is- good news there to start us out. It's great. Uh, so crazy. <laughs> Humanity wins. Um, uh, okay. This is a nice, another nice little one. So the Pope, um, he just opened up an establishment um, in Rome. Uh, it's a place where homeless people can do their laundry for free, which I love. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because it's such a it's like such a niche thing. Like, I mean, it's so necessary. Yeah. Like it reminds me in college, one of my friends worked for a nonprofit that their only mission was to make sure homeless people got socks. Mm hmm. And because their socks are a thing that people usually don't donate, they usually wear until they throw them away. They don't donate their socks. And then when people think of things to give to homeless shelters and stuff, they think, okay, canned food, blankets, and they often don't think about socks. But in modern times, socks are really actually important for your overall well-being and health. So, but it's funny. It's like, I just imagine like the Pope cutting a big ribbon in front of like a laundromat. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's like a little bright orange little laundromat. Uh, they got a bunch of whirlpools. He is, the plan is to, to, um, to eventually also install showers and a barber shop within mm. the facilities. So There's, it's laundry for your clothes and your body. And your bods. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. That is great. It's- the socks thing, it's funny you say that because I have, it almost sounded like we were doing an extra plug for the ad that sometimes runs <laughs> that I do because I do it for Bombas. Your friends aren't the people who started Bombas, are they? I don't think so, no. Okay. No. Because Bombas is a company that uh, they make socks and then for every pair someone buys, it's like Tom's. They oh, like donate cool. a pair cool. because of the, the sock thing. It's like a big deal. Yeah. It's like one of the most requested items, I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think the other one was like called like the joy of socks or something. It's not, it's <laughs> definitely long. not Bombas. No. <laughs> super on the nose. Super socks local are great. to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, socks for homeless people.com. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, I love businesses that are just titled as like the what it is. One eight hundred flowers. <laughs> yeah, so great. So, so good. I worked when I was in high school. I worked on a block. Maybe I've said this before on the podcast. I don't know what stories I've told to who, um, but I worked on a block that was Asian cuisine, which is just like the most boring. It's like Asian food is mm-hmm. basically what it means. Barber shop, beer and booze, and video warehouse. So it's just like the most literal block of things. That's great. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, love it. There's a, actually the little laundromat that I go to. Um have you ever been to the faculty, the little bar on Melrose up here? Um, I want to say yes, but I feel like no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's a, it's like right around the corner is a really nice little laundry mat. So when Charles and I do laundry, we'll do laundry there. And then we put it in the, when we put it in the dryer, we like grab a beer next door. While oh, we wait. Nice. It's freaking perfect. I wouldn't have it any other way. And, but they do free laundry Wednesdays for, for kind of the same reason. I think if you're low income or you're homeless, you can come in and I don't think they ask you at the door. I think it's just like... Yeah, it's just like a courtesy thing. Yeah, day That's of great. free laundry Wednesdays. Which that I is love. great. Because, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that before. Yeah. It's one of those, like you were saying, a niche need that once you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just... Everybody needs clean clothes. Right. Adoy. <laughs> mm. I do hope he cut a giant ribbon in front of it, though, wearing his whole Pope. Oh, just the whole Pope get up. I want to draw a picture of that. <laughs> It'd be great. People would love it. It'd go yeah. crazy on DeviantArt. I think. What's DeviantArt? It's this web. I laughed like I knew what it was. I was like, uh-huh, I totally would. Uh, yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> um, it's a website where artists... Uh, basically share work that they've done um, and people then like it or talk about it or can like donate or like buy it somehow or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's basically like a place for nerds to upload their art. Cause there's a lot of like fan art stuff that goes up there Um. um, and a lot of like digital art, but I think it's open to all art. To all the arts. Yeah. It's uh, like, sounds like a Reddit for specifically art. Yeah. It's like a Reddit or imager for like just art. Art, art, art. Art, 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 art. Easier to navigate than Etsy. Hopefully. Etsy is so awesome. I love just going around on there, but then there's so much now. It's yeah. so oversaturated. I. I have a buying problem where like I can't I can't shop and not buy. Mm, so mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, only mm-hmm. shop when I am looking for something. Yeah. Otherwise smart. I end up spending money I don't need to spend. Yeah. So I can't I can't like window shop or anything like that. I can't just go try stuff on. Ah uh, yeah. Never. Never. No, never. Never. <laughs> I just can't. I do I will spend a long time on Etsy just favoriting things and mm. same with mod cloth except for bad news corner real fast. <gasps> Freaking mod cloth sold out to Walmart. Walmart owns mod cloth now. What is mod cloth? <laughs> 
mud cloth is like it used to be like a little independent sort of um lots of like smaller businesses are handmade mm. really cute like specific style dresses you can find all sorts of styles but it's stuff that's like not mainstream mm. or smaller batches of things like if they have a popular dress they'll sell out because they're it's right. like small businesses yeah um but walmart just bought it and i'm so bummed out about that so i don't understand how that like falls into walmart's business plan i n- i know none of it makes any i think they're trying to walmart is maybe probably having a, a hard time i feel like with their fashion. I feel like they're trying to do like a, no, we have really like get the millennials on board. Mm, Cause I feel like mm-hmm. Walmart is very, um, it's more middle, middle American. I feel like, uh, not a lot of younger people buy from Walmart. Yeah. I, I do <laughs> sometimes. Cause it's, I love a good Walmart every now and then they have such cheap prices on things. Mm-hmm. Like I, will not buy a TV anywhere else other than Walmart really? these days. Yeah, because they have these, like, un not unknown, but, like, pretty much, like, Walmart brand companies that they get uh, from, like, China or wherever, mm-hmm. and you so get a TV that's... So I know, but it's cheap. Yeah. And I need, I need money. <laughs> and, uh... This is an ad for my second sponsor, Walmart. If you go to <laughs> www.walmart.com slash the good news. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love, like, I feel like in college also I used to get stoned and, like, just walk around the Walmart. For sure. Because they're so funny. Yeah. they have, You're like, what? They have this? Right. And they're kind of overwhelming. Their food section is always crazy. It's like a food for less inside of another store. Yeah. And like their clothes are so clearly like trying to be other clothes. Yeah. It's funny how they just like sort of miss the mark. And then seeing the people that shop in there too is like another little treat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but have you seen the video or uh, yeah, I think it's a video. These guys went into because some of the Walmarts, especially like. Uh, in the Midwest or like in random big cities are mm-hmm. so huge. Yeah. Um, there's these dudes who went in and like in the toilet paper section, they built a fort like <laughs> in the inside. They like first built a wall on the outside of the aisle. So it just looks like normal toilet paper stacks, but they hollowed out the inside oh and they God. made like an entire house inside and nobody like noticed. They were in there for hours oh my god that's amazing i love it so much that's the kind of stuff you can get away with at walmart <laughs> www.walmart dot com um what oh yeah but i'm so bummed the clothes thing is exactly why they're buying mod class and i'm so bummed about it mm. <sighs> getting a tv is one thing but i feel like walmart buying small businesses out makes yeah. me really bummed out yeah i mean and you know all i think all really big companies do it um yeah. including like apple and definitely amazon oh, totally. and google and all these things because like i think the most important thing now to companies is like intellectual property 
basically and like ideas and trends so they can like hop on them as fast as possible yeah so but also the deal with clothes too is like i think that's the most at least the most reported like inhumane production line yeah um whereas i feel like Sure, working condition, conditions in a lot of like electronics factories might not be great, but I think a lot of robots do the work. Yeah, at this point. So. Um, and clothes, yeah, it's so bad. They're so bad for the whole world because trends happen and then people throw all their clothes away and they yeah. end up in the dang ocean. Mm. And it's a bad deal. I'm trying really hard to only buy smaller businesses or handmade stuff. I've kind of been failing. Well, I was telling you that guy gave me a $50 Macy's gift card. And right. I was like, I got to go get my Adidas, which is like everything that I'm saying I'm not going to do. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. These were made in, I'm wearing Adidas right now for all of you listening at home. And these were made in Vietnam. Oh God. And I'm sure they got such fair wages yeah. and such wonderful working conditions. I'm sure. I'm sure it was like working at Google. <laughs> Yeah, they had big bouncy balls for ch- and they had <laughs> coconut water in all the fridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had break rooms where you could play Nerf guns or whatever the crap they do at Google. <laughs> I know. Oh. Oh. Um, I do think eventually the world is just going to be owned by like four big companies. We're already kind of if you there's it kind a kind of is already yeah, yeah there's a great graph that shows actually what companies really own everything mm-hmm. and it is it's like 10 it's like 10 to 20 yeah. they all own all these other tiny ones um but what freaks me out i've been getting so many uh sing to yourself in the car karaoke ads do you get those Mm-mm. okay i thought everyone was getting them and then i realized no i'm being targeted for some reason (laughs) and i get it's there's at least two to three on my feeds every day and it's just like the ad is literally a person with headphones in singing karaoke by themselves into their phone which is so sad and annoying and then here's why i think uh i've heard this before that facebook like listens Mm -hmm. even when you're not using it right and i sing in my car constantly and I sing, I have garage band and I like to mess around with the music and yeah. I like sing, I'll like play it and sing along in yeah. my car. And you're freaking listening, I think. <laughs> you know, that's... I'm never looking up karaoke clubs or anything like that. What, what, ha- something happened to me like that recently that was very bizarre. It was, I was talking with somebody about something but then but then it popped up as oh oh okay so um my roommate has an alexa like Mm -hmm. uh which i guess is an amazon product yeah and the only thing i use it for is it has a daily jeopardy game built in very fun so fun oh trivia it's my it's the one thing that makes me feel somewhat valuable and um one of the questions had to do with the show real time with bill maher Mm -hmm. um and so me and my roommate were talking about it, blah, blah, blah. And then later that night, I go on to my TV to watch some good old YouTube videos, as I yeah. do. And one of the suggested things was um, Real Time with Bill Maher. Oh, creepy. And I've never seen that show. I've never searched for that show. I haven't searched for anything in that vein. Um, so I was like, better not think about this too much. <laughs> And I just happy, smoked happy. a little more weed and just watched my YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't. Well, I keep trying to test it out by saying, 
clowns, clowns, clowns a lot to <laughs> see if clowns ever pop up because yeah. then I know for sure. But I was uh, talking to my friend um, is she works in the art department and she was maybe going to be offered a position as assistant art director. So we were like talking about that. Never searched it. This is like as we're running together that we're talking about it. Then later on my Facebook feed, it's like take classes on how to become an art director. Not cool. I don't like it. Oh, man. See, Pretty that's... soon it's going to be something about like Facebook doesn't listen to you like ads about. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I know you do Facebook. I don't like it. <laughs> You're going to have so many ads for Walmart on Facebook later. <laughs> that's how we'll know. Also. <sighs> okay. Well, um, speaking of <laughs> crappy plastic products, like a lot of what Walmart <laughs> makes, mm-hmm. these this company takes um, recycled uh, materials, especially plastic, and they make bicycles out of them. Oh. And they are really cool looking bicycles. First of all, they produce 10,000 bicycles a month. Um, they use almost 16 tons of wasted plastic every year, um, which translates to well over five tons of CO2 emissions that are saved from the atmosphere. Wow. Um, they have a, they have like an expansive waiting list. So I really want to bike. Good luck to all of us who want one because they have a huge <laughs> waiting list. Um, and they also like the construction of the bike is requires 90% less energy than most bike frames do. Wow. It's called Moozy Cycle. Moozy Cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that, where is the company from? Is it from the United States? It's in Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, and they are specifically also concerned about generating income for the poorest parts of Brazil. Mm-hmm. And so um, currently the plastic comes from different NGOs that collect the materials from the streets, basically, and those NGOs employ city residents, usually homeless people who make their livings just like in L.A. going around and collecting recyclables. That's great. I love it so the, much. I think that there needs to be so much more of this. Like, not not only because it's helpful to the people in Brazil who need it most. I mean, yeah. that's fantastic. But it just makes so much sense to, like, try to use the waste that we produce in a way that, like, just to reuse it. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it, no, it just make, it doesn't make any sense that these big corporations that are money-hungry things, like, don't... Like basically, you're using trash and selling it to people. Like right. you're se- it's like cheap. you would think it would be cheaper in the long run. Right, or just like I don't know. Good, but I I just ah recycling just makes me feel happy inside because it feels like it feels better. Yeah, <laughs> it does. We make so. M- I'm actually after I said this story just now, I was so excited when I found it, and I'm wondering. I'm super sorry if I've already done this story. I don't think I have. There's been a couple stories I've had that are like really awesome companies that go in and they make a thing out Mm. of trash. Yeah. So it could have been one of those or maybe I've already talked about this and I'm sorry if I have. No, it doesn't matter though because I think we should bring it up again even if I did. Yeah, let's talk trash more (laughs) often. Uh, yeah, we, I think the average person, I forget one of the other stories I was doing, I found the, 
the specs we make like three to four pounds of trash a day easy yeah yeah the average person does it's really bad and uh the other thing that just sucks so much of this plastic i bet is from packaging and like Mm. just crap water bottles i'm so guilty of the water bottle thing I always try and use my own, but eventually somewhere during the day, I don't have water and I have to buy some. Yeah. Uh, Ugh. So much trash everywhere. So, yeah, I'm so excited. Here's a photo of what the bikes look like. Oh, those are very cool. Yeah, they're cool. They're bright colored. They look like bikes. They look like bikes, cool but, bikes. but a little bit different. They look cheap to produce because they look just like extruded plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not ugly. Yeah, and they don't look like they'd fall apart. No, not Either. at all. Probably won't rust as much. Yeah. I want one really bad. <laughs> but maybe in two years or whenever they're done with that. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm already too. Oh, I know where we're at. I know what's up. <laughs> we're now to the uh the go fund me i do a GoFundMe of the week every week oh nice um and this one is for um a ywca in knoxville i believe um i should have opened two windows instead of going back and forth between the two I'm just like manically clicking right now. I need to. (laughs) Okay. It's a group of um, students who are going to the University of Tennessee. Um, They're working to empower women and eliminate racism for it. Uh, And they so they're raising money for the YWCA in Knoxville specifically. Um, The YWCA is very cool. It's um, like one of the first women basically transitional living uh and like shelters mm-hmm. um some stats in the one in knoxville uh 66 of the residents there reported a history of domestic abuse that's huge like most of the um the number of homeless women has grown so much over the last i think decade and so much of it is due to domestic abuse Hmm. which I feel like says maybe on the plus side that women are leaving. I don't know. Maybe they're leaving more than they used to bad relationships. But then on the downside, you're like, uh, you have nowhere to go. You're isolated because you've gone through abuse. And that's like just what happens. You're probably isolated from (laughs) so many things. And then sometimes they're not working because they're like stay at home moms or whatever. And so, yeah, it's really, it's a bad thing. Um, 95% of the residents who partake in the case management um, and or employee counseling found and maintained employment after going to the YWCA. Mm. 63% of the residents reduced their debt for six months or more. And 57% of the residents have saved money. Um, so they're just... It's just a group of women students who are trying to like raise a big chunk to give to the Tennessee, the Knoxville one. Nice. In particular. And the YWCA, it stands for it stands for the young women wait. Women's Christian 
association association but they changed it they changed it to be ywca to just make people feel like no it's all inclusive it's not like a weird churchy thing right like this is how it started way way back in the day but i think that's similar judgment the ymca which is like the male counterpart now they've branded it as the Y, mm-hmm. you know? So it's less like, oh, this is just for Christian men. Right. Which, <laughs> America, am I right? <laughs> White and Christian. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they say the updated corporate name is more reflective of our diverse and inclusive nature. Wonderful. It's a... Uh, it actually started in London, I guess. Hmm. I didn't know that. Um, and then it moved over to the main one. It like started in Washington, D.C., and now they obviously have them all over the country. Um, but they they just want to have the most impact with racial justice and civil rights and empowerment and economic advancement of women and girls and health and safety of women and girls. That's great. Yeah. Sounds great. (laughs) So if you want to, um, I like the GoFundMes just because I feel like a lot of times I'm like, what's a good, what's a cause? And I like these ones because they're like local and it's like, here's something very specific you can give to if you're, yeah, it's not like a, it's not like a like some sort of grandiose thing that like might not come to pass. It's a very specific, yeah, um, like targeted uh, fundraising effort, which is great. So, what's is, is there a title for the GoFundMe page so people can find it more easily? Oh, yeah. Or? yeah, yeah, it's called uh, "Joining the Mission with YWCA." Do do do, and they're only raising a thousand dollars. So oh, it's not wow. like massive, but it's like just a little thing that's like, yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hopefully they, they you know, get more. Yeah, since it's an Indiegogo, once you, isn't it? Yeah, flexible goal. So Indiegogo, Indiegogo like you can surpass it mm. and it's fine. Yeah. I think Kickstarter too. I yeah, can't remember. but then you have to, pay, I don't know. Kickstarter, you have to be like, is the one where you have to be like so specific. Yeah. And you, have, if you don't get it, you don't get any, any of it. Any of the money, and yeah. And you gotta, you gotta know all the, all the nos. Um. Well, I think now. So if that was the GoFundMe. Now we're on to. Oh wait, actually, this is a good segue into this little. Um, side thing. It's not a side thing at all. It's like a big deal, but it's an ongoing long thing. Um, on April 4th, the human rights campaign, they posted a thing because there's... Um, so they... Why can't I think of how to word a good sentence? <laughs> uh, they... It is like officially included through by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the... Um, that Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act includes protection based on sexual orientation. So any sort of discrimination, job or otherwise, that didn't used to be protected. Mm. Um, And there's an ongoing case with a woman named Kimberly Hively, who is, she is 
basically suing Ivy Tech Community College. Um, South Bend, where is it? Um, <laughs> South Bend, um, isn't that Indiana? Ivy Tech. Yeah, Indiana, you're right. Yay. Good me. on ya. Um, because she was basically refused full-time employment and eventually like fired um most likely because she's a lesbian like nothing really happened until she was seen kissing her girlfriend in her car like she gave her a goodbye kiss Mm. and then she got a call like from the school being like hey you've been she was an adjunct um instructor and she like received a call from the administration saying that she was seen sucking face and reminded to like be professional. And then she kept being, um, she applied six or seven times for a full-time teaching like position and was denied every single time. And meanwhile, people who had worked less time than her and all of this, like kept getting promoted to full-time. And then she eventually was just not asked back after, Working there for 14 years. Jeez. 14 years? Yeah, and they, uh, it all started to happen after people realized she had a girlfriend. So I know that this is a misplaced question, but it's just something that I'm curious about. How did it take him 14 years to figure out she's a lesbian? <laughs> like, I know that's not the point. Like, regardless <laughs> of whether or not she's a lesbian, she should be able to work there. Yeah. Um, I totally believe that, but like... Also, like, who's snooping on her in her car? I know. Like, who's seeing her kiss and then going to the administration? And telling, like, ugh, there's drama. There's so much drama. And it's not even like she was making out. It was like a goodbye kiss. Yeah, it was like a... Yeah, bye. Bye. Love you. See ya. Love you. See you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, your face was so good to suck. (laughs) Time to go teach. (laughs) Bye-bye. Uh... Yeah, it's just a bad deal. And then so she took them to court and she was basically denied because it was like, well, uh, sexual orientation is not protected in any discrimination like Mm. amendments. So then she took it to the Court of Appeals. um, And now it has officially been brought in as like, nope, uh, now you for sure can't discriminate on someone's sexuality. Wow. And it blows my mind that it's 2017 and that is just now happening, but I guess thank God that it is. Yeah. Um like just that that's not uh it also makes me so mad with little things like this where you're like, "Why?" Okay. But that's just common sense. Like we have the like what's our three things? The right to liberty, life liberty and the pursuit of happiness Mm -hmm. doesn't all of that just fall under that like you just can't be an asshole to somebody because of who they are right but it's like nope uh in the fine print it technically doesn't say that we can't be an asshole to this person right like that's just insane to me yeah i mean i think that i mean i have a lot of respect for the law Mm-hmm. Although I do break them, uh, not super often, but like a speed, uh, the, but so yeah, I mean the law is like, I don't necessarily blame the courts for being like, we can't rule for you because this is yes. how the law is laid out. 
Yes. But I would blame the Supreme Court or whatever who made this decision if they didn't make the choice to say that it is included. Yeah, it's now in a... Um, yeah, and, you know, oh, man. That life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness in the Declaration of the Independence is just... It's just such a such a lie. I know. <laughs> it's a big fat lie. It's a big fat lie. <laughs> See, the 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 only difference between communism and capitalism, not the only difference, mm-hmm. but like uh Stalin or Lenin, I think Lenin maybe was like religion is the opiate of the masses. I think yeah. I think in the United States the concept of freedom is the opiate of the masses. Mm-hmm. It's like as long as you feel free, we'll we can do whatever we want. Yeah. And I guess life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness can be a justification for people being racist assholes to each other, too. Because they're like, technically... This is my life. Yeah. And this is my liberty. <laughs> yeah. I want to be happy. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, I'm just... Yeah, I actually... I also love the law because of all the, like... Because when it's used to be like, nope, this mm-hmm. is wrong with little... The, the lawyers knowing all those ins and outs that they went to school for 17 years for. Yeah. Um, I, I like have a really big appreciation for that too, but it makes me so mad that this just wasn't, it's 2017. Why is this not, why isn't it all, why when we say no discrimination, are we still discriminating? Like it's still pinpointing what that includes or not. Yeah. I mean, so I think, crazy. yeah, I think it's just the flaw of like whenever it got passed, it made the mistake of being specific about some things. Yes. So then later, if the other specifics aren't mentioned, if there's no precedent, which now there is, thank God, um, you don't have really a legal leg to stand on. The The thing that, that I appreciate about law that I think a lot of people forget when they talk about, you know, the Constitution and what's legal and illegal, uh, they think about what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. When they think should be legal and shouldn't be legal, but that's not what the case is. It's what is like what the law is, what is legal and what isn't legal. And the law is not meant to be a moral code. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be basically like rules and a punishment structure for people who intend to disrupt society. Right. So... Yeah, it's supposed to defend the moral code that hopefully we've all agreed upon right. as a group. Right. <sighs> well, so psyched about that. I really hope, I mean, she's kind of like, it's really good news, but she's sort of back where she started. Yeah. It just means that she can continue opening the case again. Um, this was way back in like 2000. Oh, her trouble started in 2009, but this is... 2014 is when she first took it to court. So it's already been like three years. Yeah. I, with stuff like this, I also applaud her because she's making a big, important change. Like a very, it's a specific that needs to be included. Otherwise other people will also be screwed over. Right. But it's, it's like going to court for a three year and it's been three years and you're taking it to appeals. That's like a whole, I mean, I applaud her because I'm too passive and I feel like I'll let people walk over me. <laughs> and like yeah. after one year I would be like, okay, you know what? Forget it. The world's screwed up. Right. Like I really applaud her for being like, no, the world's screwed up and it's, I need to, this has to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good job. Uh, good job court of appeals. 
Um, and good job, uh, Miss Hively. Miss Hively. She's 50. Wow. Love it. Love a 50-year-old lesbian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can kick, stretch, and kick. She's 50. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, now we're to your hometown news. Oh, yeah. Bethesda, most of the things, like there's certain towns where I'll pull up local news and it's all like terrible. Bethesda seems like a pretty, po- pretty like positive, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how big is it? Is it small? No, it's pretty big. It's um, just outside uh, the District of Columbia. Like it straddles the the DC line and there's probably... I think it's like close to 300,000 to 500,000 people oh. live in Bethesda. Okay. It's pretty big. That's bigger than I thought um, because one of the things that kept popping up is that a Target is opening. Nice. Where does it say? <laughs> Let me look it up really quick. Uh, like when I looked up news for Bethesda, so many of it was like, "Yeah, we're going to get a Target. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I'm sure a lot of the people there are very excited. I'm just so surprised, though. I mean, maybe it's like a second one, but 300,000 people. Oh, okay. Uh, Downtown Bethesda is getting a Target. Wait. That makes more sense. Where? (laughs) Wait, this is huge. Is it taking the place of Barnes & Noble? Oh, my God, I'm going to die. Oh, uh oh, maybe this isn't good news. Um, Let's see. At the Shops of Wisconsin Retail Center on Wisconsin Avenue, known for the Trader Joe's store. It's going to be a mini Target. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, cool. It will fill the first floor space surrounding the center's plaza. Looks like it'll be from this little photo under the Trader Joe's. Yes, 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 yes. So it's going to be like a city Target, probably like the one that's downtown Mm. here. Here. So funny. Target, target, target. <laughs> that was not the good news I chose. I just think it's so funny that it, it was a big, deal. That, big, ki- big deal. that kind of is a little bit of a big deal, but not really. Yeah. Um, I Now that I understand how big it was, how big it is, uh, yeah. it's a little more in context. I thought maybe it was their very first target. No, no. Bethesda's like, not like known, like I don't expect people to know Bethesda, but like we have some important things around like the like the naval hospital the national institute of health ah. um it's since it's so close to dc like a lot of uh like government stuff like sort of overflows yeah yeah um how big was your high school was it a big high school um not really i went to uh an all boys private jesuit high school oh my goodness and uh there were about like 200 kids in my graduating class okay. so there was about like you know eight to nine hundred kids in the school total yeah yeah that's a good size all boys uh-huh. wow that's a lot of guys yeah it was uh but made for good learning good friendships good learning <laughs> well good learning <laughs> High school was weird. <laughs> High school is so awkward and terrible. Yeah, and I mean, I just was like a sh- like a shy, anxious kid who like figured that like people didn't really want to like spend time with me. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I didn't really put myself out there very much, and uh, I made some friends, and like I never was like totally alone. But I ne- I 
I don't really keep in touch with anybody from high school and I didn't really when I went to college even. So I think that just sort of speaks to like how, yeah, how I just like was a little too sheepish to like make good friends. Yeah, it's so hard. I realized just now when you were saying that I said, yeah, like that's obviously how you would be. But I meant <laughs> I meant it as like that's how it is in high school. You're so yeah. anxious and like everything you do, you're like, God, so like it's just it's just shitty. Mm. I'm sure you were a gem in high school. I, I think I was. <laughs> I think I was pretty cool. <laughs> Not cool. Good. Fine. <laughs> it was good. I think I think I, I, think I was, was pretty, pretty good. Fine. Yeah, I was pretty fine. <laughs> I was middle of the road. Um, let's see. I guess my news is not technically like good good news. It's just little highlights mm. of the Target thing. Is so many about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, okay, one of the things is that. Do you know the restaurant Bethesda restaurant? No. Well, Southern Living named it the best restaurant in Maryland. What? <laughs> Bethesda Restaurant? I oh, wonder... wait. I'm sorry. It's not called Bethesda. <laughs> I was about to be like... <laughs> <laughs> I really, even after like looking at this article, that's what the headline says. And <laughs> the actual restaurant is called Duck Duck Goose. Oh. Um, the, the headline just says Southern Living Names Bethesda Restaurant Best in Maryland. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that makes sense for a headline. But I was like, Bethesda Restaurant? I was like, first of all, back to what we were saying before, super non-creative name. Yeah. Yeah, that belongs in the, the shopping block where you used to work. Uh, that's so funny because like this afternoon I've just been thinking that. I was like, why would you name it Bethesda Restaurant? <laughs> Oh, I love those misunderstandings. God, it's like obviously called Duck Duck Goose. Yeah, obviously it's Duck Duck Goose. <laughs> obviously. Uh, Still a weird name for a restaurant. Duck Duck du- Goose. We have a restaurant in Lander named called Cowfish, and it's like the mm. fanciest. I think it feels fancy to just name restaurants animal names. Yeah. That are- <laughs> There's this restaurant... Uh, so growing up in DC, my, well, my parents met in like the Delaware seashore. Mm-hmm. So like as soon as they could afford to, they like bought a place there because it just has such good memories for them and they love yeah. it there. And now they go every weekend, but I grew up going to the, to the beach there and there's a place in Rehoboth, Delaware called pig and fish. And <laughs> it's my parents like favorite restaurant of all time. And it's, it's, pretty it's pretty fancy i mean it's not like fancy but it's 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 dang nice it's dang nice for a place called pig and fish so yeah there's that that's what fish and cow made me think yeah um well if you ever go back home go to duck duck goose and see what all the hype's all about i'm gonna make my parents take me there yeah southern living magazine i mean that's stars That's up in the stars people people who have restaurants want michelin stars but it's all about that southern it's living southern magazine wreck baby it's like hollywood walk of fame level right there oh yes yes kidding me um also bethesda was ranked high on the top 100 places to live 
Uh, I think it's number 27. Nope. Fairfax, Virginia is 27. Mm. What the, which one is Bethesda? 29. Mm. I think we're better than Fairfax. There's a lot of Virginias on here. Yeah, it's probably all Northern Virginia. It's probably just all D.C. area. Okay. So uh, that's why. I see. Yeah. I see. I see, I see, I see. I guess that's kind of all I pulled for Bethesda. Um, not like a huge thing, just some little tidbits. Yeah. No, it's great. I, <laughs> I, I'm glad I know about that Target and about that restaurant. Now I have two things to talk with my parents about on the phone when I talk to them next <laughs> and it'll eat up a good chunk of time. Oh, Target. You can tell them exactly where too. Yeah. Right underneath that Trader Joe's. They're going to be like, ugh, tell me about it. Everyone's been talking about it and it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Animal Corner. Bum, 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 bum. Dun, 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 dun. Um, I don't really like zoos. I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest fan mm-hmm. of them, but there's six zoos that have like changed, like saved, endangered, or almost extinct species, which made me be like, okay, yeah. Let's see the I guess the the red wolf was down. I didn't know this. They were down to like ten in the whole the whole country. Mm. Um. And let's see, which zoo was it that they brought in the red wolf uh, into the zoo and like got it. They were like the red wolf was like breeding with coyotes and stuff because there were so few of them. And so they were on the they were on the outs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They were they were leaving this party. They were rock bottom when you're mating with a coyote as a wolf. It's Uh, rock bottom. Yeah. Wow. Way to stoop. It is stoop. Um, it is the Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium, which is where? I don't know where it is. <laughs> North Carolina, mm. I think. Now there's more than 100. Uh, da-da. And then the condor, the California condor. Mm-hmm. That was like basically gone. Uh, San Diego Zoo saved the condor. Nice. Black-footed ferret uh, was having a hard time. Yeah. Due to the extermination of prairie dogs. A lot of this is like because of human impact. Yeah. You know, we come in and we like, we really kind of take over a room when we walk in. Oh, man. Wow. (laughs) When a human walks into the room... It just really lights it up and everybody just stops what they're doing and sort of turns. We put our shit everywhere. And then dies. Yeah. <laughs> um, Prizwalki's horse, which is the world's only remaining wild horse. Like, actually wild. What? Because I feel like there's a lot of wild horses out there, but they were, they're like domesticated and then, and then they are they're... wild. Oh, gotcha. You know? Yes, yes, yes. Um, that makes sense. Like different than, than never been touched, right? Horse. Like I would think. I guess I, I. Now that I'm saying that, I feel like all of America's wild horses aren't really wild horses because horses were brought over here by the yeah. Spaniards, right? Yeah, and I, and I'm sure other European forces as well, but certainly the Spanish. Yeah. So all of our wild horses weren't uh, initially 
Yeah, I don't wild. think that they, I don't think we have any native horses. Yeah. So uh, this this horse was the only remaining wild horse. It's a hardy little animal, is what it said. And the National Zoo and the Smithsonian Conserva- Conservation Biology Institute bring it on back. The Carner Blue Butterfly. Look at this little guy. Oh, what a cutie. It's so blue and such a butterfly. Yeah. And right underneath the picture of the butterfly, the sentence says, pandas are adorable. <laughs> um. <laughs> Here's a picture of a butterfly. But more importantly, pandas, pandas. aren't they adorable? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okay, the Toledo Zoo and Detroit Zoo are helping that one. Freshwater mussels. Who would have thought? Mm. Uh, the Freshwater Mussel Conservation and Research Center in the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium. So zoos aren't all bad. I still just, I can't go into them because I, it's the thing where I feel at first so excited about yeah. what I'm looking at. And then I like, then it slowly starts to set in like, what that animal's day-to-day is like. Yeah, I haven't been to a zoo in my adult life, and I feel like it would be very saddening, I think. Mm -hmm. But I loved going to zoos as a kid, and I think that there's some sort of balance between, like, being, like, humane and respectful to these animals and also, like, providing a place of like refuge for endangered species, but also like a platform for people to learn about wildlife and animals. Because I think that, so I mean, growing up in DC, we had the national zoo, Mm -hmm. um, one of the only places in the country that has pandas and, um, going there like fairly frequently when I was young, really like helped reinforce my, like I, I've always loved nature and animals Mm -hmm. and stuff. And, and being able to go and see the animals and stuff, I think, helped me want to learn more about them and things. Yeah. So I do see there is some sort of benefit about that. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, But I think that there might be a way to, like, somehow strike a chord between the two. The two. Well, I think the really big zoos and the good ones do do a good job. Yeah, like San Diego. San Diego. Um, and now that you're saying that there's probably so many like mini biologists and mini zoologists who get real excited at a young age and then decide that they want to save animals for the rest of their life. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, like the LA zoo, I've never been, I have no desire to, cause it seems mm-hmm. like it's really small and mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's in Griffith park, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've driven by it. It's small. It's bad. It looks mm-hmm. like a circus. Yeah. They do the zoo lights, which I've always wanted to go to at Christmas time. They light up the entire zoo with a crazy Christmas light display. But I even hate that. Can you imagine being an animal in there? What a nightmare. No sleep. <laughs> There's a crazy club in there all the time. Oh, God. The only animals that could survive in there are the ones from the movie Madagascar. <laughs> yeah. It's a Hollywood Hollywood zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um. Well, now we're to the part where I get to ask you about a time in your life that you received good news or gave good news or something that affected you in a positive way. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I So you told me in advance about this, Mm -hmm. and so I thought about it, and I 
decided to bring two. Oh, good. Yes. Because one, I feel so dumb talking about because it's improv related. <laughs> um, That's okay. I know, but it's just like, I feel like it's so done, so talked about. So we'll start there, just get it out of the way. Great. Um, but um, in September or October, whenever, um, I got the good news that I was placed on a UCB LA mess hall team. Woo! Um, which was so exciting, um, for me personally, (laughs) no, I, I, I think everybody who gets that kind of news is more or less excited, but I, and I think a lot of people probably feel the same way I do, so I shouldn't feel weird sharing it, but I like, I work so hard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and Improv is one of those things where you don't really get feedback, Mm -hmm. really. I mean, you get feedback from the audience, but, like, they can't be trusted. (laughs) And because if you're really trying to get good at the craft and stuff, like, you know, the audience will laugh at things that are bad technically, you know? Um, And, you know, like, coaches and teachers, like, they're there to kind of, like, be supportive. They're not really there to be as much like mentors Mm -hmm. or like focus on you and like helping you personally develop. Um, And so you kind of put a lot of time and effort into doing this thing and you're just sort of hoping that you're getting better and you think that you're good, but you don't know. Mm -hmm. And to get recognition from the theater, especially from somebody who is like, considered to be a little bit more like hard to impress. Yeah. The it, Beth Appel, she was mm-hmm. the new art director at the time. Um, and um, it just felt really good. And also like on a personal level, um, Beth is somebody who, when I got to LA and well, it took me a little while to get started at UCB, but when I got started at UCB, um, her Herald team, Cardinal Redbird was one yeah. of the first ones that I saw and I really like clicked with that team in particular and also with like her performances mm-hmm. and then so smart. So yeah. Funny. And I had the, the lucky experience of taking sketch to a one with her as my teacher. Nice. And that really like sealed the deal of like, I completely respect her almost to like an unhealthy degree. <laughs> And then I found out later that like some of my favorite mod teams like either had been or were currently being directed by her and things like that. Yeah. So it just was it was meaningful personally, especially. Oh man, <laughs> well because last summer was a big tra- like a big change time in my life. I was like taking care of some of like my own personal issues. Mm-hmm. I was like um, really starting to. Uh, branch out of my comfort zone a little bit and be because uh, I think everybody at some point in their life like looks in the mirror and is like okay this is me but this isn't like the the me I want yeah <laughs> and so and then you try to like rectify that yeah and I spent a lot of time last summer uh, trying to do that trying to feel more like myself as much as possible mm-hmm. and, it's hard in LA to do that yeah it's really easy to get lost 
and it's hard. Yeah. Especially in like entertainment where like you want people to like you. And so, but everybody's like, be different, but be yourself. (laughs) Right. But then, but then like in reality, like all you have to do is like truly like you will just be so much happier if you be yourself. And it sounds so cliche. And I hate that I even said it because when people used to say it to me, I would be like, fuck you. I hate you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but then, and then, and so as like, I felt like I was becoming, uh, like more well-rounded, stronger person. Like I think that that translated into me being a more confident, more well-rounded performer. Mm-hmm. And it all sort of culminated at the end of the summer in September of me having what I felt to be a great Herald audition and then sort of getting this reward yeah. of this hard work uh, of just a little bit of a stamp of approval from th- this theater and people that I really respect. And yeah. it carried over and lasted for a long time and I think I still have like you know that initial like high and yeah. confidence boost does eventually wane but I think it let like even though the the initial part is gone it left me on like a higher step up of personal confidence um that I certainly was not really at before right um so that's a piece of good news that really uh, that I really enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that translates to, to any profession that is art related or because it's also subjective. Yeah. It's really hard to figure out where you're at or if like, and you're trying to do what's true to you, like your specific Scott specific style of comedy, but mm-hmm. doing it within this art form. And like, uh, so when some, when you do get, like at other jobs you get a raise or your boss is like, you're doing great. And you're like, uh, you get promoted with art or performance. It's like, yeah, like, I don't know. And, and especially with comedy, people like and dislike different things like Dave Chappelle, for example. So great. Also, some people might not like him. Right. It's like, so, so just to have people you admire be like, no, I like what you're doing. You're doing good. You're working hard and I see it and I like where you're at. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's like right after you sort of made the internal change of, I'm going to stop doing what I think people are going to like or what I think is right. And I'm going to do what I, you know, feel is, is good and right. And then to like have that kind of affirmation come at that specific moment is I think a very special thing. And I, and I don't want to, you know, put too much onus on getting other people's approval because I think there's a lot to be said for, for, uh, getting that kind of affirmation from yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, cause constantly seeking other people's approval, you're never going to really be happy. But I think, I don't know. I, I really just want to be appreciative of certain smaller moments like that, where things sort of come together and I can like, just put a little like I always try to not put too much meaning on things that happen because I don't really believe that like things happen for a reason. But, Mm -hmm. but I think that like I spend so much time beating up on myself and that I think that sometimes I just really deserve to be my own like cheerleader and Mm -hmm. sort of just like revel in some small successes that I have. Um, because no one and because no one else is gonna is gonna do it, yeah. you know. Like no one else really is going to 
appreciate that for you. Yeah. So like you're cheating yourself by not like appreciating it. And it may feel like you're being selfish, but as long as you don't like go around saying nanny nanny boo boo, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think too, the big thing that you're saying that I like is like once you are being more yourself and really trusting in that is mm-hmm. when people were like, yeah, you know? Yeah. And that's why that is nice to hear at those times you don't want to go seeking it because then you're not being yourself but it's really great when you're just being you and doing what you believe in what your brand is and people are like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. having a real jackson pollock moment you know yeah that's what because he like threw a bunch of he was like this is how i want to paint and then everyone was like uh great yeah i'm into this (laughs) love this so much (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah it's huge yeah i like that and, um, yeah, I actually am like coming to realize that the other thing that I was going to say is almost exactly the same. <laughs> I like but, that I was watching your face just now sort through that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh shit. Um, but okay. not about improv. Yeah. Um, my life before improv was consumed by swimming. I was a competitive swimmer. What? I didn't know that. For years and years. Yeah. Um, uh, through high school and college, I swam at Villanova University, NCAA Division One, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I I don't know, know why, but I mean, anything I do, I work really hard, I think, because I do want like other people's approval or mm-hmm. whatever. It's so stupid. Um, it's not stupid. I think it's human yeah. nature. Um. But I do envy people who are who have more like of a like a fuck it mentality where I like will drive myself into the ground. Right. Um, and I in college was training so super hard. And like as a freshman, I was um, I ended up being like the fastest middle distance freestyler on the mm-hmm. team. And the and like the upperclassmen were like all like sort of jaded or whatever. And like, so I like quickly was put in a leadership role, like very mm-hmm. early. And I took that very seriously. I took that responsibility um, to heart. And I felt like I had this duty to the team to not only continue to be the best and train the hardest, but also to set a good example for, you know, the next crop of freshmen and the next crop and the next crop to sort of make the team like, instead of complaining, like the upperclassmen did right. to instead to shape it, to fit sort of what I wanted the team to be like. And my junior year, my coach called me into the, his office and, um, the, he said, he basically told me that, one of the alumni from years and years and years ago set up this trust um, that was basically like a leadership award, Mm -hmm. like scholarship award for um, like one, two, two, like um, people like male swimmers who demonstrated, uh, I guess like leadership skills Mm -hmm. and also like, dedication or whatever 
and um, and he told me that he wanted to award me that scholarship, <laughs> which was like so fantastic on a couple levels. One is that like I felt like my hard work like hadn't gone unnoticed. Yeah. Although I did feel like sort of un- like unappreciated for most of it, but that's like mm-hmm. my own thing where I'm like I'm only I'm doing this cuz I think it's right and like I don't need people to tell me good job, but then I'm like nobody notices all the things <laughs> I do. Uh, cuz I'm a monster. <laughs> Um, but also the men's swim team is unfunded. So even though we're division one, we don't have scholarship money. What? Yeah. So, um, so like I, so it's not like I was getting any money for swimming to begin with, Yeah. but then I ended up getting like a pretty, like basically, uh, like a semester and a half worth of tuition yeah, for both my junior year. And then I, I got it again, my senior year. That's awesome. And it was just very good news too, because I, I always feel like such a parasite to my parents because mm-hmm. I mean, they paid for my college and like it, I've already said I went to Villanova, so it's no secret because you could Google it. It's a pretty expensive school. It's yeah. a private Catholic college, uh, outside Philadelphia. And you know, my parents have given me so much and I was so happy to be like, look, I like you have like I haven't been wasting what you've been given to yeah. me. I've been working super, super hard. And then, oh, P.S. Like, here's forty five thousand yeah. dollars that I have earned and can give to you yeah. or basically that you don't have to give to me <laughs> right. to pay for school. But it felt, it just felt real. That was just like such, it just was good news. It yeah. was good news. Yeah. I felt good about it and I was happy and I still look back on it and I'm like proud of that accomplishment. And, um, it's, it, it was good news. Yeah. That's huge. I can't believe they don't give scholarships to swimmers. Well, well, I guess if it's private. Well, so the women's team, had scholarships, but oh. not the men's team. It was like a title nine things. Uh-huh. So, so like in college sports, title nine dictates that, that like pretty much the rule is that however many male scholarships you have, you have to have female scholarships mm-hmm. and we have a football team yep. and that's like, you know, 20, whatever scholarships. And so that that's, and, but women don't have a football team. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when those 20 scholarships go to like women's golf and women's yeah. swimming and women's like tennis. Whereas, you know, the, the scholarships that would go to those men version of the sports are all, all into football. football. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that system's just slightly flawed because of like, I believe that things should be equal, but it's weird how football's included because there's no women's football. So well, it's just they—they they shouldn't be allowed to give all the scholarships to football. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, that's true. Then in the NCAA, football is the sport that makes money. Yeah, not a lot mm-hmm. of times, but for the big schools, yeah. Money, 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 money. No, that's so good. Also, swimming through college is so insane to me yeah i mean i i regret it a little (laughs) um not totally but i do a little bit i mean it's like my friends would be going some of my friends would be going out on thursday nights or on friday nights but i would have to 
like go to bed at a reasonable yeah. hour because I had practice at five thirty in the morning. Yeah, I mean that that scholarship you got is well freaking earned. That's it's such hard work to do yeah. sports, and you're doing two days, and you're mm-hmm. and you're doing school on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who's done sports in college, I'm just like claps off to yeah. you. Claps <laughs> off, claps off, and put your hats together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's huge though um i like that good news oh thank you yeah i was afraid i as i was saying it i was like gosh darn it sounds like i'm just tooting the horn but <laughs> no but i ask like i'm like when was the time you received good news yeah yeah, yeah. and uh those are literally two times that you receive very good news and it's due to like being a good person who works hard yeah which is nice you know i think i think i am a good person and i think i work hard (laughs) i deserve good news from time to time (laughs) i think also it's something uh, people are afraid to talk about uh but like if you work hard and you get recognition for it and or anything like yeah all of being a human is like i feel like searching for love and acceptance and 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 for some reason we all pretend like we all want that so bad and then when you get it it's like but hush up don't talk about it yeah you you egotistical monster you know (laughs) um lauren hill who i don't know personally (laughs) uh but very much wish i did uh god me too on her mtv unplugged 2.0 album during one of the interviews so good um, says something to the effect of like people achieve all this success and then they go through, they, they go through so much to make it look effortless. Yeah. And, and she's like, I don't understand that. Like we work so hard. Mm-hmm. Like I want people to know that I work hard because it's not easy and it makes people think and look at themselves like, Oh, this isn't coming easy to me. I am not going to be good at it or anything like that. And it's like, even on a smaller scale, like the people we look up to at UCB, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't oftentimes know what they were like when they were like just starting out or like just coming up. And, and people don't, I think talk enough about just like how they navigated getting to the good place they are. Yeah. And, I think that's part of what makes everybody feel so insecure about their insecurities. Cause they, I think that they think that they're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's annoying on the flip side for, for we'd be like, Oh, well like everybody in the, in the improv community feel like feels insecure, right. but that's like so impersonal versus like hearing somebody give a specific thing that they yeah yeah and i think being open about that is just helpful so i was just having this same conversation like a week ago talking about um the pretty much the exact same conversation we're having and like stories that i've heard of people i really admire and realizing that they didn't just get it right away they worked really hard um people who auditioned for heralds five years in a row Mm -hmm. who have who are on main stage shows now like they five years in a row they got turned down Kristen wig on one of her interviews like they're like so then you were in groundlings and then you were cast on snl and she's like yep but groundlings was five years of my life you don't just do it for a year and get on the main stage you like 
work really hard. Like, yeah, I want those stories to be talked about so much more mm-hmm. for exactly what we're talking about. And it, it just like uh, on a super like so- specific niche, I feel like it happens a lot with body imagery and weight mm-hmm. loss and all of that. Mm-hmm. like celebrities on their Instagrams who are like, I love pizza. And I'm like, no, you don't. You work really hard. You work out seven days yeah. a week and you eat really well. And you're giving people a skewed, messed up perception of their own bodies right. because it doesn't look like that. You yours. should be able to just casually look like that. But yeah. when in reality, you're a celebrity, so you don't have a day job. So you literally wake up at nine and then work out for three hours. And yeah. then, yeah, you have a slice of pizza, but like nobody else can dedicate that much time to their parents and you should be proud like you have a freaking crazy looking body like you worked really hard for it i hate that i feel like it's a weird uh, chasing the american dream thing to be like oh it's so effortless yeah it's like mimicking royalty i guess or something yeah we need to talk about the struggle and then be proud of achievements and be like just honest feel the same way about social anxiety totally like everyone thinks that they're alone and thinks when they walk into a party and they're not sure what to say to people that they're the only ones and oh i'm so crazy and what do i talk about most everyone in that room is feeling the exact same way well so real quick i want to plug um something my friend has been doing um her name is carissa dorson um she's one of my teammates's um girlfriends but she's around the community she's a great cinematographer um but she's been working on this project called okay it's either serious photo i think it's funny people serious <gasps> pictures yes or photos or something mm-hmm. i'm so sorry for not pitching it right but but it's amazing because it takes some of the most well respected people in the UCB LA community and it takes these like beautiful pictures of them just like in their natural environment mm-hmm. looking like you know pretty solemn or like stoic Mm -hmm. and then it's and then there's like a quote from them that's like a piece of personal information that you would never otherwise know yeah and when she first released like the first series of photos and i it's ongoing i think she's still releasing some from time to time um it just made me feel so much more adequate (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, especially because there, I mean, there are performers that look so natural and comfortable on stage, but then to hear that they get nervous or like have stage fright about doing s- some stuff yeah, is so reassuring because like I panic pretty much before I get on stage every time. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice to know that like other people feel that way and it, and it doesn't, and it, I don't have to feel like I'm a fraud for wanting to be a performer. And it's such a difficult thing for me to do. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. It's not easy for me. Well, you know, people like Robin Williams, for example. Weird. Like, I was just thinking his name. Really? Yeah. Ugh, guys, we're on the same level. <laughs> um, but it's, and it's just like thinking about somebody like that who is so, like, such a hallmark of the, mm-hmm. the, the art or whatever uh has issues with that it's or like adele having stage fright you know what i mean it's like knowing those things makes it feel like okay that i have stage fright and still want to be a performer yeah we're all humans we all are so we all share so many things yeah we're all so dumb we're all humans we're all so dumb we all take over a room when we walk in (laughs) 
It's true, though. I think everyone, I think it's a real deep fear for almost all people, like that aloneness feeling, mm-hmm. that fear of being alone in something, being the only one, being the crazy one. And like, we don't talk about so many things so often in our society that all of us are walking around being like, I'm fucking crazy. I'm so yeah. crazy. I'm the only one. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. When we're all just, if you could see everyone's thought bubbles, it's like all the same. Yeah. We're all you know? terrible. We're all so scared. <laughs> yeah. We're all just <laughs> frightened as fuck. And we, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this. This was great. great chat. Yeah. Thanks for coming and sitting on my couch. Thanks for having me here and letting me sit on your couch. Your cat has been snoozing by my shoulder mm-hmm. and it's truly been delightful. He's the, he's the greatest. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Uh, this was such a wonderful podcast experience and you're very easy to talk to. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Social anxiety cured for the moment. Uh, talk about segues one more time. (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Good news later. That's my great, great sign off. I love it. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Good News Podcast. Check out the Facebook page, Hello and Good News, and the Instagram at Hello and Good News for photos and links to the stories I talk about. And if you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review it. Bye bye. And a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.